0: Welcome to Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars' daily sports podcast. It's Thursday, September 24th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The countdown to Chiefs-Ravens on Monday Night Football continues, and today we'll hear what Patrick Mahomes had to say about the matchup, last week's victory over the Chargers, and other topics during his weekly meeting with reporters. Mahomes and Andy Reid also gave a shout-out to Royals outfielder Alex Gordon, who announced his retirement on Thursday, we'll play Reed's comments on Gordon after the Mahomes interview. Then, after a break, we'll get the Baltimore perspective from Nestor Aparicio. He's been a member of the media for nearly four decades, and nobody loves Baltimore more than he does. Aparicio has worked in newspapers and now radio, and if he wound up running for mayor of Baltimore one day, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay, so let's get going with Patrick Mahomes.
1: Hey, Pat. Um... Andy, had just mentioned how you and Lamar are, are friends and uh, colleagues, obviously. I just wondering what that relationship is like, how often you guys talk, and you being a fan of the game, when you have that opportunity on a Sunday night football or a Thursday night football, how much fun do you have watching him?
2: Yeah, I mean he's, he's a great player. I mean uh, he can he can make all the throws. He can run with the ball. He can he can really do it all. And so uh, it's always fun to watch guys like that 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 work hard, put in the work, and they're able to go out there and have success on the field. And then as far as our as as our relationship, talking and stuff like that. I mean, I, I mean we uh, kind of have the same endorsements with Oakley and EA Sports, and so we've seen each other through that. And then when you're uh, when you play this quarterback position, it's kind of like a group. I mean, it's a, it's a tight group where you kind of you shoot ideas off each other and stuff like that. So. He's a great player, and I look forward to the, the contest this week. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Pat. Um, I've got two things for you. The, the first one I wanted to ask about, you were able to draw the Chargers off sides quite a bit last week, and you've been able to do that a lot during your three years. I'm hoping you can answer this without giving anything away, but how much do you work on that, and how, how exactly do you work on that? Yeah, we, we work on changing up the snap count uh, all throughout training camp, and there, there's some rough days where you're getting a lot of false starts and stuff like that, but it always makes you better whenever the season comes along. And so uh, I have the unique advantage of having a uh, kind of a unique voice that's able to get those guys to jump offside, so I, I try to utilize that as much as possible. And I also just wanted to ask you about the two-point conversion last week. Can you take me through what you saw in that play, to, um, you know the, the one that tied the game there in the fourth quarter? Yeah, we had a play called uh, with a little uh, kind of either a shovel pass or a roll out the throw to Clyde. Uh, it, I was a little nervous at the beginning. Right before the play, they said watch for the shovel pass. I knew that there was a good chance that Bosa was going to be down on come down on that. And so uh, at, before the snap, even um, in the huddle, when we were kind of reviewing the, the play. Uh, I had told McColl and Tyreek, I said, I know y'all aren't really in the read. Y'all are kind of the last reads, but make sure y'all continue to work. And, uh, so those guys did a great job. And then I thought McCall made a heck of a catch on a ball that was thrown very low and away on him, And, uh, he made a great play on it.
0: Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead. Adam.
1: Hey, Pat. Um, I'm not sure whether Sammy's going to play on Sunday, but if he doesn't, um, that bumps up one of the younger guys, either Pringle or Kemp, just wondering how much you've thrown to those guys recently and, um, whether you feel confident, um, uh, in throw into them in a game situation, if you haven't.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, having that that uh, what, what a consistency of having these guys for the last few years. Uh, I've really worked with these guys a lot, a lot over these last few years. And I think a good thing that coach Reed does th- during practice, and, and, and coach Lewis, Gre- Greg, I mean, he does a good job of mixing those guys in, even when that might not be their week where they're getting these play calls, they're mixing in and, and giving those guys rest, but also making sure that they're ready to go. And so, uh, that's the good thing about having depth at that position is, uh, we, we hope that we have Sammy back and, uh, I mean, everything hopefully is trending the right way, but at the same time, it's good to have guys that you can trust to be in there uh, and and do what they can to try to replace what he gives us. Let's
1: go next to Mackenzie Nelson. Go ahead, Mackenzie.
2: Hey, Patrick, I was just wondering, last week you said you didn't really come out the way you wanted to against the Chargers. Is there anything that um, you're doing this week or working on this week to, uh, you know, better prepare and come out the way you want to in Baltimore? Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's all—it's gonna be all about execution. When you play a defense like this, that does a lot of different things, very multiple. Do a lot of different blitzes, a lot of different coverages. You have to make sure that you're that you're ready to go and have answers for everything. And so, uh, I'll just try to do whatever I can to make sure I'm prepared for everything they can show us. And uh, whenever they they give us an unscouted look, try to have a positive play and then get to the sideline and figure out the best way to go about it for the rest of the game. Go next to Blair Kukov. Go ahead, Blair.
0: Hey, Patrick, just wanted. to – Get, get you to put on your Royals cap for a moment and, uh, and have a thought on Alex Gordon, who announced his retirement today. Do you know
2: Alex? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's done everything the right way his entire career. I mean, uh, the amount of gold gloves that he's won. Uh, I've seen him dive around the outfield growing up. I don't want to make him sound old, but growing up and, then, and throwing people out at the plate and, and doing everything like that. And then being able to hit and just being a leader on and off the field. I mean, he's someone that set the example of how to uh, be in the Kansas City community and uh, lead his team to championships and uh,
1: do it the right way on and off the field. Go next to Sorin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh Patrick, uh, I, I'm 99% sure I've got this right, but uh, kind of two-part question. One, how does it feel for the first time on one of these Zooms to not be the best athlete uh, on the Zoom? If I'm not mistaken, the guy I see down at the bottom was one hell of a runner, uh, and that was my question about running uh, quarterback style. Uh, Coach Reed um, was talking about you know the run being a part of you know what quarterbacks do in this uh, in this offense. How much of that is like a design? Like, is there like a lack of a better term an escape hatch that there are some plays that routes are designed one to get you the ball down the field, but if they're not there to create those openings, like you had on the the big twenty yard scramble.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think the good thing about having the guys that I have on my team, the receivers, running backs, tight ends that we have, is that defenses have to. Uh, be accountable for those guys. And so uh, they're getting depth. They're trying to stop those guys from beating them over the top. And uh, whenever there's room to run, I have to be able to take advantage of it. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of been the last three years. Of I Usually when I scramble, I'm looking down for the throw. So you're seeing defenses now, they're not leaving their guy. They're kind of just staying on them uh, and letting me run. And uh, I don't know if I can run like Mike, but uh, but uh, I can run a little bit enough just to get the first down and get out of bounds. We've
1: got time for a couple more guys. Let's go Todd Lebo and then Harold Koontz. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, Patrick, on the snap count stuff that Sam was asking about before, is it easier now as you've watched this go through playing in front of no fans on the road? Are these things that you maybe wouldn't have been able to do on the road? And what would you compare the noise level to? I know what we heard on TV, but what would you actually compare the noise level to that you experienced in Los Angeles to any other thing that you've done on, the, on like during a real game? Um.
2: I would, first first part of the snap count, I mean, obviously you get to use verbal snap count on the road, and especially when you're playing places like Baltimore, you're not going to be able to use that because of the crowd, and especially Monday night. Um, so that definitely is an advantage. The uh, only thing that's that's kind of a disadvantage, you have to change a lot of your code words on a lot of your audibles, because everybody can kind of hear you on the TV copy and everything like that. Um, and then to, you said the second part one more time, Second part of your question. Hold on one sec. There we go. Try that, Todd
1: what would uh what would you compare it to i mean like how loud was it they say it's 70 decibels what's that sound like compared to anything else is it is it louder at practice when you guys pump the music and crowd noise in or what, what's it even compared it to it's like uh practicing in
2: the locker room with no one else in there there's there's literally no noise and it, it is different um it's not like practice because practice you get at least at least get music playing and kind of Kind of gives you something. So it's all about feeding off your own energy. And we didn't do a good job of that last week, but uh, we can't start off like that against this team if we want to come out with a win on the end.
1: Go to Harold for the last one. Go ahead, Harold. Hey, Patrick. Uh, much has been said about the competition between all the young quarterbacks in this league, especially you had one with Deshaun Watson in week one, but now with Lamar. Uh, Lamar hasn't won one against you yet. I'm not sure they're going to be very determined. But what would you say about if this is kind of a, if you will, a rivalry? Uh, that you guys are going to be competing against for a long time?
2: Yeah, I think you heard Coach Reed kind of say it a little bit before me. I mean, there's a lot of young, great quarterbacks in this league, uh, which is awesome because, you know, every single week you're going to get a great challenge and a, a great matchup. And so uh, it's 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 a little different because when you're when you're on offense, you're never going to go face-to-face. You never get to go straight up against Lamar, but you know that he's going to go out there and put up points. And so you just have to trust in your defense that they're going to make stops when they're needed. Uh, they're going to find ways to – so do whatever they can to stop all the, the great stuff that he does, and then as, as an offense, you know that you're facing a great defense, and so you're going to have to find ways to put up points on the board and if you want you want to get the win.
0: You may not have heard this, it's only happened in the last hour, and you've got a lot of other things going on, but Alex Gordon announced his retirement today from the Royals, and I'm just wondering if you were something of an Alex Gordon fan yeah, big time um, big time fan of his I, I used to joke Alex. Smith that they look like brothers, you know they, uh, and both of them played about as reckless as each other, too. They're both great, great athletes. But I'm, I'm happy for Alex. Uh, to, he gets another chapter in his life here started, and I know he'll enjoy that. He's a family guy, and he'll enjoy being around those, those people. and, I'm um, yeah. you know, saying family, and, and whatever else ventures into his life after this, but what a great career. He did it the right way. Um, Kansas City was lucky to have him, and he was lucky to have Kansas City. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, Nestor Aparicio, WNST in Baltimore, 1570 AM. Nestor,
1: what don't you do in Baltimore? you do a little bit of everything. Well, I don't crab. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I buy other people's crabs. Um, I do sports and I do media and um, I'm moving a platform from sports to more of a larger media uh, around the big Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson date that we had on that Monday night calendar to all run down to the purple crab cake and have a big night. But uh, uh, it certainly has been a different kind of year and I think it's uh, moved people in different directions and I think it's moved my spirit to do a little bit more than just sticking the sports player, well, very good,
0: uh, very good. I will, uh, I will direct folks to uh, to a website that you have created, and uh, and uh, the people can check it out. But uh, more, uh, more immediate concern is a little Monday night football game uh, <laughs> between the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens. They're meeting for the third straight uh, regular season. Uh, we thought they would meet in the uh, in the playoffs last season. Didn't happen, but. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Chiefs Ravens in the AFC championship game or sometime in the playoffs this year. There has been no more impressive team in the NFL than the Baltimore Ravens. What is going right for this team?
1: Well, I think it falls into the tree Andy Reid, right? I mean, Harbaugh learned everything that he learned from Andy and then beat him to the title, right? And, right. and Andy gets chased out of Philadelphia out to Kansas City. Um, you know, I think these organizations run – Really, really similarly, right? I, I think if you were plopped down at Owings Mills, you'd recognize it. If I plopped down on Andy's desk in Kansas City, we we would see that they're they're similar. And when the COVID thing happened, first off, I didn't think they should have been playing football most of the summer. You know, I live in a city that's been ravaged by uh, coronavirus. I've lost friends. I've had friends' parents more than I can count. Uh, and we're losing people in the country now over two hundred thousand people. And I, I didn't know how it would work. I I didn't know if it was going to be in the right, uh, spirit. I, I, I do feel like it's a cash grab, right? Clearly. Um, but they're not packing people in here. The stadium will be empty on Monday night. I know you've had people in your stadium in Kansas City. I was down in Houston on Sunday where there was a hurricane coming through. Nobody in the stadium. And I come back to my room to eat some crawfish etouffee, And there are 20,000 people in Jerry's World right up the road. The same state. So, I mean, from municipality we you know, people here are like, there are people in Kansas City last Thursday night. Why don't we have people here. Um, I, I was very unsure about how I would feel about it, how I'd feel about traveling, whether I would care as much because it didn't feel like caring about sports mattered all that much in May and June and July. Um, and if they're going to play, are they going to do it in a bubble? Are they going to play hard? I watched the Washington Capitals take a face or look like they didn't even want to be playing, you know, once they started playing. Uh, and then we see other these teams finishing out the, the grid in hockey at Tampa and Dallas playing so hard. My pal Barry Trotz, you know, the Islanders played hard. But you wonder how much do you have in? You have people opting out. Uh, you had coaches getting COVID on the front end. Of I mean, we learned that John Gruden had COVID. Doug Peterson had COVID as training camp was opening. So um, all these college campuses shutting down. So I was wondering whether this was going to work. But in Kansas City and in Baltimore, where they have leadership above and beyond how good their coaches or how good you know, they, they draft players or how good their running backs coaches, they, they have owners, they have you know, principal partners and management people and, and, and people in their buildings that have a muscle memory on how to do this well. And I, I thought all along the better teams will wind up not having happen what happened to the Marlins the first weekend that baseball opened and everybody's dirty. And um, staying clean, I still feel like, as we go into winter, as there's been a spike in the U.K. and in other places around the world, and we still do not have a vaccine, uh, that being careful and making sure that the 8-1 and one Chiefs don't have their offensive line get dirty in Week 9 – I think that that's still up over the hill above and beyond all these ACLs we've had. But I felt like these are the two teams, along with the Steelers and the Patriots, the buildings, the Saints, the places where it's been solid and they're not breaking in a new coach or a new owner or a new general manager or new quarterback or a rookie quarterback, that it would be better for stable organizations, that they would really stand out because they're just more prepared to play football on Sunday. And I think... These two organizations will both be double-digit win teams, and this game will be that one we'll look back on eight, ten weeks from now, and say, "Where are we?" and "And where we are usually is pretty good in the fourth quarter, right, Blair? Yeah, fourth uh,
0: fourth quarter uh, probably barreling toward double-digit victories and and uh, first place in their in their divisions. Um, let me ask you this, Nestor: uh, Do folks in Baltimore feel? Uh, toward Lamar Jackson as those in Kansas City do toward Patrick Mahomes. And that is to say, for a guy that, uh, that signed a 10-year a contract extension for half a billion dollars, people could not be happier in Kansas City for, uh, for Mahomes' success. How about he buys a share of the Kansas City Royals with some of that money. That's how popular this guy is. How do people in Baltimore feel about Lamar Jackson?
1: Well, I don't know that he's there yet. I know that he's electrifying, and I know he came in on the back end of a guy who won a Super Bowl, right? So I'm a Joe guy, and, you know, you will, Joe Flacco is my favorite all-time Baltimore athlete. I say that all the time. Wow. I, I watched him from the day he came in from Delaware, got thrown out of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, they tried to, they tried to sign Joe to a deal the year before he won the Super Bowl. And he said, now I'm going to go win the Super Bowl and you're going to have to pay me more. And then he did it. So Joe's, read the book of Joe. Joe was a legend around here. And all Joe did was win. Joe went to the AFC Championship game as a rookie and then went back to the playoffs three years, threw the winning pass to go to the Super Bowl that Lee Evans got knocked out of his hands and then kind of shanked the kick. I mean, Joe could have had pelts on the wall here. Along with Ray Lewis, right, and Terrell Suggs in his prime, and you know all that went on, right? So uh, you, Lamar comes in behind a guy who had a parade, so and behind Ray Lewis and behind Ed Reed and behind all these other legends. So around here, he's he's got a nice track record so far, and he went fourteen and two. And I don't think he's the guy who lost playoff games in January, but he's got he's got to have a parade to be thought of. You probably has to have two. <laughs> I mean, Trent Dolfer never came back and wore the helmet again. <laughs> we we've got a history here, Blair.
0: <laughs> well, all right. So let's let's break it down a little bit. What's going to happen on Monday night? I again, I uh, the Chiefs struggled struggled mightily uh, protecting Patrick Mahomes on Sunday in their victory at uh, at Los Angeles. And I thought the Ravens were more impressive in beating the Texans than the Chiefs were in their, one, their common opponent. Uh, the Ravens run the ball so well. Chiefs have had some issues stopping the run. I don't know. I, I, I think the Ravens deserve their three-and-a-half-point uh, favorite role and wouldn't be surprised to see this rivalry turn into something of a home-field advantage
1: rivalry. You, you know what? The, the home field part of this is nullified, right? I mean, being in Houston on Sunday, I can promise you, whatever Vegas put on the – and I don't really follow – I mean, I'm, I'm not a gambler, right? Whatever the number was, I, uh, whatever – however it gets pushed, it's no longer pushed by the Red Sea and, and the CHOP and whatever politically incorrect things you, you guys are doing out there. And, and, or – what we do here on defense, which is make a whole lot of noise and make it miserable for Ben Roethlisberger or anybody else who's ever been here, that's gone. And, and so I don't. And I felt that in my skin in Houston, being at the game on Sunday, I felt like Lamar's got it easy today because it it would not be this easy if there were sixty four thousand people in here doing the Texas thing, you know? So I think being a visitor is a little different. I want to praise Lamar because I think you set me up with a question to praise Lamar. And all I did was praise Joe Flacco, but just in saying, you know, that's where we are. I mean, Mahomes is much like your Royals team out there. When you win, you win, you know, and Lamar hasn't won yet, but Lamar's incredible. And and I'll say this about Lamar. I asked him a question in the post game on Sunday. And I think he didn't understand the question the way I wanted to ask it. I asked him if after a game, does he go back and look at where he threw the ball? Um, and is he making the right decisions? Because when you go 18 to 24 and you run as much as he does, it's so much of it is where are the linebackers hips and where's the safety's hips. And can I beat him to the edge? at 14 yards here on every play that he has that, an ability that no other quarterback literally has ever had, not Michael Vick, pick anybody you want. No one's ever been as fleet, but his vision is incredible, and his vision on the run is the same as on the pass in that when he knows a receiver's open, he has been incredibly deft with his decision-making in knowing where to go with the football. And I saw him make a mistake from the roof because the eye in the sky does not lie, Blair. Um, and I'm, I was one of 20 people on the roof watching the game in Houston. Um, and, and Jonas Schaefer from the Sun actually saw it first. Like, Dobbin was wide open. He forced the ball into Andrews. And my question after the game was more like, do you go back during the week and, like, see many of those where you literally went to the wrong guy? You know? And I don't think he does. And that is something that he was, you know, coming out of Louisville, he ran too much, he didn't pass enough, he, he couldn't make the, all the knocks that you would throw on him after winning a Heisman trophy, he makes incredible decisions with the football. And he's a much better passer than anybody ever gave him credit for being. And I don't know what that means until he wins games in January and has a parade, but between now and then, The the thing that bothers me the most about him is how he seeks contact. You know, in your day, the Hank Strams out there would say, we got to hit the quarterback. We got to hit the quarterback. The quarterback hits you. You you know, like he's coming at you and making you miss. That's a little different than Cam Newton lowering a shoulder or whatever. I I, I do worry because it, you know – Look at what happened to Saquon Barkley. I mean, it's, it's just a tough game. And I, and I worry about how much contact he takes on to make him my $450 million quarterback.
0: Yeah. Look, I don't, I don't know this for a fact, but, uh, but or I don't know how many games he didn't finish or how many snaps he hasn't taken because of an injury. But I do know that two years ago in the game at, at Arrowhead where the chiefs prevailed in overtime, he didn't finish the game. Um, it was RG three ended up finishing that game because he was knocked out. Lamar Jackson was so, uh, listen, two incredible games, these Jackson versus Mahomes. The Chiefs have won both of them at Arrowhead before fans, and uh, this one shifts to Baltimore. There will be no fans at, at the stadium there. But I, uh, look, I, I'm i anticipating a fantastic game and uh, one of the best regular season matchups that the NFL can provide us this year. It's in week three. I think uh, as, uh, as these uh, – the, assuming these teams just stay on top of the AFC, this might be a game that – we see featured late in the season. Um,
1: I, I would just hope they're not going to be wearing the ketchup jerseys and the, uh, you know, the purple Barney suit, <laughs> you, I, you know, the, the color rushers, right. You know, like, I mean, we, we had that game last year where Lamar, you know, put, went out to LA, the Coliseum where I'd never seen a game it was wonderful. And I'm out there at the vent, you know, L.A. Memorial Coliseum, my first time ever. All the movies shot there in Super Bowls, and they're wearing like these purple pajamas, and, and Eric Weddle looks like mustard. You know, it was crazy. <laughs> Stadium <laughs> built for the 32 Olympics, wearing, <laughs> wearing that. Looked like the Jetsons All right. were playing, man. <laughs>
0: right. All right, hey, Nestor Aparicio, great to have you on, and uh, really appreciate the time and look forward to uh, perhaps
1: seeing you on Monday. Blair, I appreciate it, man. No, no tourist crab cake for you in Baltimore. Appreciate it excellent
0: that'll do it for today thanks to our production staff of derek donovan randy mason beth welsh jeff rosen chris fickett and savannah smith links to stories about the chiefs and the alex gordon retirement can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com earlier in the episode you heard me talk about the sports pass offer it still stands and still a good one 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage and that includes sports extra that comes with the e-edition There are 45 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Well, here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like SportsBKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Friday with another episode.